0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you from the Houston Outpost, and the Steelers suck. And the Steelers offense is the worst offense in the history of God's green earth. The Steelers offense should play soccer. The Steelers offense is terrible. Let me answer everybody's question with a very simple answer I've been trying to say for weeks and months here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my foot off the brakes in terms of the negativity today. I've been working very hard, okay, since the demise of the Steelers' last era in, in 2018 after losing A.B. and seeing the writing on the wall that you're going to lose the Hall of Fame quarterback, receiver, running back, Pro Bowl, other receivers, the entire offensive line, and just realizing, okay, they're going to have to rebuild. Okay, we look at where they're at right now, and hey, they've actually done a pretty good job rebuilding. they got a lot of star players, but why does their offense still suck arguably the worst offense in the whole league and I'll tell you why the answer is it's all three it's it's all three I see people wanting to put the blame on the quarterback and then some people say it's not the quarterback no quarterback could go and succeed with this offense the three yards and a cloud of air offense so it's the offensive coordinator that's the problem and other people say no no it's not the coordinator. He has no offensive line. Nobody could possibly succeed with this offensive line. It's the Lions' fault. Let me tell you guys, it is possible in life and in football, and you really don't have to overthink this. I think sometimes the media makes too big of a deal of, of quarterback play or OCs or giving everybody all the credit when you can just use your eyes to tell, number one, the quarterback sucks. The quarterback is an athlete who's playing quarterback and not the other way around. The quarterback fades back to pass and craps his pants when large 300 pound men who run four, 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 five are running at him. He craps his pants the way that a normal human should because a real quarterback doesn't have an amygdala. They have no fear response. They don't realize how dangerous their second to second existence is. So when they fade back to pass, they're just drawing upon their experience of their just touched by God life at every level and say, Yeah, generally, when I do things, not only do they work, but everybody loves me and I get paid a ton of money. And so I'm just going to fade back in this pocket and I'm going to look around and I'm going to say, Well, who's open? Yeah, there's guys chasing after me right now who could break my spine into nine pieces, but they probably won't get to me because I'll probably just throw a touchdown pass. And look at that, I did. Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, poor bastard. He's suffering from his lack of amygdala right now. They lost again. But that's what the great quarterback does. They're not worried about what's happening around them. So their footwork stays the same. Oh, good, step to the target. Don't throw off my back foot unless I'm Patrick Mahomes. You know, make good throws, make good reads. Mitch Trubisky is a regular person, right? So he's worried. He, he looks down there and he's oh, there's a lot of people after me. I can't get my footwork. I'm going to throw off my back foot for no good reason. Oh, I'm not going to spot wide open receiver is running down the middle of the field. Oh, I'm not going to do the simple math during a play that I got a guy on the outside who I think is six three and runs a four three and has the best hands on the field. And there's probably just a level of overthought going into getting this ball. Why don't I just, why don't I just throw it to him and see what happens? Nope, he craps his pants and everything, and everything goes to crap. Try not to curse. It's my dad's in my podcast, right? So, <laughs> Mitch is bad. The offensive coordinator has been terrible for two or three years, right? I know that. He wasn't technically coordinating when Feetner was in. But this looks remarkably remarkably similar to the Feitner offense, doesn't it, right? And Canada was brought in as the assistant offensive coordinator, basically, when Feetner came in there. I mean, what is the difference? What do you guys see the difference? This is this current era of Steelers football. Not only can this guy not scheme a run to save his life, not only is he shockingly predictable in down and distance situations. First down, it's going to be a perfunctory handoff. Second down, it's going to be a short pass. Third down, he's like, well, yeah, our problem isn't that we're attacking the middle of the field. This is a real quote, by the way. It's that we're not converting our third and shorts and third and mediums. Yeah, Canada's strategy is to say, we're going to get three, four yards every play, and hey, if it's third and three, third and four, you should be able to convert that at about 90% clip, right? Now that's not a quote, but that's implied. That's his offensive philosophy. Make manageable third downs. You cannot do that in the NFL, right? You can't have a 15 play, you can't sustain 15 play drives every single time to score touchdowns, man. Even if you think about the great short passing quarterbacks, Brady and Breeze, they would always rip your heart out with a few skinny posts, or they would make you pay if you played one-on-one. On the outside with the receiver, and they'll throw a bomb touchdown to keep you honest, and then they'll pick you apart with the little things, right? Matt Canada's philosophy is dog crap. And additionally, if you look at a lot of his play designs, and once again, I'll shout out some of the great Twitter follows like, uh, you know, Derek and Alex Kazora and uh, John Ledyard, and some of these guys who are posting clips. Of uh, you know all twenty-two, particularly we can see all the receivers go out. But you don't even always need the all twenty-two to see that Matt Canada frequently floods zones with defenders that he's trying to throw to. He's putting <laughs> traffic in the area where you need to throw, and it's it is just remarkably collegey. Okay, so Matt Canada sucks. He has sucked. You you have to immediately call his name when you see so much of the blame last year was honestly justifiably theorized to be because of Ben Roethlisberger, an old quarterback who had happy feet in the pocket and didn't want to get hit. And that's no offense uh, to Ben. Like he, he's, he's at the end of his career. It happens to 100% of the quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger made his career off of not having that amygdala, not caring at all. when he said so much so that people would talk crap about it and say, Oh, he needs to cut that out. By the way, that is hilarious. Now, I, I've never heard anybody go back on that and say, like, oh, I guess it was a good idea. He won two Super Bowls, got them to three. He played for 18 years. It worked out fine. Like, that was his game, right? But at that point in his career, Ben didn't want to get hit. And so we're saying, oh, that's why there's all this dink and dunk. Well, it's the same dink and dunk with the top three overall pick in Mitch Trubisky, who's humongous and athletic and fast and and has a strong arm, and blah, 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 blah. It's it's still the same offense. That's your coordinator. He sucks. And on the line, the third one, they don't suck as bad as we thought they would. Look, I know there are a lot of plays where they get blown up or they completely miss blocks. Every game is littered with that. But Mitch Trubisky has plenty of time to throw the ball. If your requirement to run an offense is... To have a, If you don't have a top five line, you don't have a line at all. No, look at what's happening in Cincinnati. I mean, that guy's getting sacked nine times a game. This line isn't nearly as bad as Cincinnati's line. And they made it to the Super Bowl last year. We watched Ben Roethlisberger win the Super Bowl with the worst offensive line in the league. This is a myth that you need to have a, a superstar offensive line to do anything. Because if your skill position players are good enough and your quarterback's good enough, you can get around an average offensive line. The same way that if you have a good quarterback and running back and and a really good line, you don't need great receivers because you have enough to work around with it, right? You can just have average guys. So yes, this line is a problem. Yes. They whiff on a ton of blocks, but Mitch has plenty of time to throw. And when it comes to Najee Harris, not picking up yards on runs, if you have some semblance of aggression on offense, if you have some semblance of fear in the defense, that they might actually try to throw the ball over the middle at 10 to 20 yards on a dig or a post or anything. They might try to stress us a little bit. They will back off, and you will have more opportunities to run the ball. And then maybe Najee can take a page from Jalen Warren's book and start hitting the holes harder, and you'll be able to pick up four or five yards, you know, three Five yards on carries. And I do think that the Najee thing, like, that is a lesson learned. And I really hope that this Jalen Warren thing will help Najee learn that because it did feel like Jalen Warren was more effective. Obviously, Najee's more talented. But anyways, going back to the theory of it's all three being bad, that that's the big deal. Because I think that you could work around this coordinator. You could work around this offensive line and you could work around this quarterback. If at least one of those other things was right. And to me, that's the order it goes in is quarterback one, because there are examples of where there are people open downfield and Mitch just isn't even looking their way. And guys like Deontay Johnson are getting frustrated in those moments on third, you know, in short where he checks it down immediately to Najee Harris when Mitch got in that mode of pooping his pants again. He's like, I'm just going to dump it off to Najee every single time and let him get killed by four people. And Deontay's running wide up and down the field. You can hit that pass down there. So once Kenny goes in, Kenny, a guy who does play the, the position a little bit more true to form. Now, he did have some happy feet stuff at Pitt in the pocket, which I hope he doesn't bring to, to the Steelers, but that, that can fix some of the issues. I have a guy who actually has to play quarterback. Kenny Pickett's an athletic guy, but he's not so athletic as maybe Mitch has been. And I'm not saying Mitch is Lamar or Kyler or anything, but Kenny was forced to learn how to play the position. So you hope that his more natural um, quick decision making and, and more natural way of playing true to the position of quarterback will help the team out. So he's, he's number one. And then Canada, it, it's, it's just too goofy. What are we doing? My only – I'm not even going to talk about the defense right now. I'll get to them later. Last week was a defense-heavy episode. This week will be an a offense-heavy episode. Going back to the coordinator, the big, the big fear is that they'll start Kenny probably week five, week four maybe, I would hope. Steelers are very stubborn when it comes to these things. They usually let them play all the way out. The worst thing that could have happened to the Steelers is – The collapse of the AFC AFC North over the weekend, where all three other teams lost in heartbreaking fashion, because now the Steelers can go back into the practice facility and say, "Hey, we're still first place." And then AFC, this is all about the playoff race. It's not about the playoff race. I I don't like. I understand people are trying to keep their jobs, but if you really want to win Super Bowls, you want to open a window to win Super Bowls. The Steelers have a below one chance, 1% chance one percent chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. Okay, and that's fine. And, and I mean that literally. If you played this season out 100 times, how many times are the Chiefs and the Bills and those type of teams, how many times are they going to win the Super Bowl? Far more often than the, the litany of miracles that would have to line up for the Steelers to win one, right? That's okay. But if you play the season right, the Steelers could be in those clubs if they get the right offense coordinator and the right line and the right quarterback in place because they have other pieces, right? So the thing I'm worried about with the offensive coordinator and the Steelers trying to sustain these 15 play drives every time they want to score, basically absolute perfection is what you're looking for. No game breaking. When you have three game breaking wide receivers on your team that you don't want to use. Unbelievable. Like I'm just worried that Kenny will do okay. And the Steelers and their um, I guess just self-inflicted wound, back-breaking uh, stubbornness, and keeping guys around like Keith Butler, who stayed for five straight years of putrid defenses, and you know Matt Canada. I think that the Steelers could be in like a giant situation now where you have a, a franchise that is so consistent. It might rattle them to have to make multiple changes. Like, yeah, you're going to have to fire a few offensive coordinators in a row because you got it wrong. You got it wrong a few times. Just admit that you got it wrong and let's move on. Well, that being said, I'm scared that Kenny will do okay. And the Steelers will keep Matt Canada in there. Cause that just does not seem like the move to me. Um, but they can fix that. So anyways, when people – we're trying to get too cute on Twitter by saying, oh, no, it's the coordinator or the quarterback or this and whatever," like It is all three. There is a problem with all three. And that to me is the hierarchy of what I think needs um, – of how they need to be fixed. Number one, the quarterback is an instant fix. I don't even think you're putting in Kenny Pickett to, to be like, hey, let's just get him experience because eventually he could be better than Mitch. I, I think he could be better than Mitch immediately. I mean first game. I won't be surprised if Kenny, you know, if it takes him a few weeks to get his sea legs under him, especially considering what he's working with, with that that offensive line and coordinator. But I I could see him being better than Mitch right now, the same way that Mac Jones is better than Cam Newton immediately, um, you know, in in New England last year. So I really, you know, it it sounds – like fanboyish to immediately be crying for the uh, for the star quote unquote hometown quarterback rookie to come into to the year this early, but it would be different if Mitch Trubisky had a smaller sample size. This is Mitch Trubisky. This was Mitch Trubisky for four years starting in Chicago. Listen, Chicago was horrible. Matt Nagy was horrible. You get four years. You're getting like sixty games to show. Anything, and Mitch did get the MVP for Nickelodeon. I mean, you can't take that away from him. But he never had. There's not even a barely a game or two that you can point to where you thought, "Oh, this guy's a star quarterback." You had sixty chances. I mean, Joe Burrow, uh, Watson. There's there's quarterbacks who played for crappy teams who flashed a lot more, even in their rookie years. You don't need to have a great team if you're going to be a great quarterback to at least. Flash. This is exactly who Mitch Trubisky's always been. So that's why I'm saying, what are we doing here? They have two touchdowns so far this season, but they have three. Do they get one at the very end? I don't. They have. I don't even think the Steelers have barely like 550 yards of offense in two weeks versus average defenses. Like I know Cincinnati's good. They're very confusing. They have more talent than the Patriots at this point because the the Patriots. Traded all their talent away. But the Steelers can't even get a first down. I want to say almost 50% of the possessions they've had all season have been three and outs. It's obscene. So I'm just uh, bored with the Steelers. And uh, we're going to keep watching the Steelers, obviously, no matter what. We're steelmen. This is the tradition. But it is just miserable watching this team and there is a virtual guarantee that this will not change this year because I don't know how many times we have to see it. This stuff doesn't magically change with Tomlin and Canada running the show for the offense. It just is what it is. We this is the fourth year in a row where every morning show, you know, the, the Monday morning it says the same thing about the Stevens offense. Wow, it's incredibly dink and dunk. How many pieces have we changed out? And it's still the identical story. No difference whatsoever. This will not change this year. They need to get Kenny Pickett in immediately. Not only because he's going to make the team better, but because he does need to generate that experience. And I would be shocked, despite Tomlin's stubbornness, if he doesn't feel the exact same way. I mean, he's not an idiot. He sees what we're seeing. Oh my God, this is a this is a recurring nightmare. is the same story. This flaccid offense, that's the, man, I I used boring as the one word for the Steelers offense or the Steelers team. Flaccid is what I meant to use. That is the perfect, the perfect word for how they play offense. And by the way, for how they play defense. They are unbelievably star dependent. We said that at the beginning of the year. They lose TJ, Minka, or Cam, they're screwed and they're not that good. Zero sacks. Zero sacks in the whole game. Almost no pressures. Mac Jones is throwing the ball directly to the Steelers and they drop the ball. By the way, also, you know, it's a virtual guarantee. The Steelers are going to lose the game after the emotion of the, the Bengals game. I mean, the Steelers, such an emotional team that was going to happen. You know, Cam Sutton, dude, he's supposed to be an elder statesman at this point. He's supposed to be one of those composed, you know, responsible dudes. He drops the ball when he's just standing there 10 feet away and, Mac Jones throws a lollipop into his chest. He finds a way to drop it. Yeah, had Gunnar Schlefsky dropping the punt. I don't care about any of that because when you're talking about those specific game-changing plays, oh, wow, they would have won. Yeah, they would have won against an awful Patriots team, and this massive problem of the offense would still be there. When it comes to the defense, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, look. There are no more elite defenses in the NFL. It's just the rules just prevent it from happening. Like, it's just not going to happen. But the Steelers could have a good defense if they had some semblance of offense. We've seen it for too many years. So I do think the defense is sometimes a little underachieving, but I also think Tom and the Steelers understand this is what defense is about now in the NFL. It's about sacks and takeaways because you can't just stonewall people anymore because the rules really prevent it. So I think the Steelers' defense is built well, but no defense is built well enough to you know, to do what the Jaguars did a few years ago. But even the Jaguars, when they had played Bortles, they had Leonard Fournette, they had the number five freaking offense because they could run the ball. They pound the ball down people's throats. So <clears> throat> no defense can really survive what the Steelers' defense is having to deal with right now. The issue is all three. It's the quarterback, the OC, and the line in that order. And then once the quarterback gets in there, that you got to change that OC. But just so boring watching the Steelers. Like I am, I don't look forward to the games. I don't even get that emotionally worked up about. It. This is the most emotional I'm getting about it, just because I'm, I'm having fun, like talking about the problem. But you just know what to expect with them. And I can promise you that's what you can expect for the rest of the year. And I know that's depressing. And I tried to to tone some of that down. But this writing had been on the wall the entire summer. And here it is, right? So week two, they can turn it around. I will be shocked if the Steelers don't have somewhat of a competitive, compelling season. Because by the end of the year, that's what it always turns out to be. They find a way to grit it out. They find a way to make things closer. So from that standpoint, as a fan it'll still be fun. It's still worth worth your time to a certain extent. Uh, but we do need to find some drinking games. Like, I don't really drink during the, the daytime Steelers games. That would be pretty rare. But, talking to some uh, buddies and friends online on Twitter. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I guess that's way, one way to keep yourself occupied. That sounded a lot more vague and, than I needed it to be. Talking to some people on Twitter during the game we have to find a game within the game because they're so boring and so not fun to watch a drinking game is probably the best way to do it that's why i said i don't really drink during the daytime games but it just feels like yeah you need to drink on every second and long run you need to drink on every like failed uh, every steal dropped interception or something i don't know my dad and i were talking maybe we do like Maybe it's push-ups instead of drinks during the game. We all just get shredded this year. You have to find something else to give you some fun because I just saw the sunshine shining through my windows while I'm inside watching the most boring football team known to mankind for the fourth year in a row. Like a year? Okay. We deserve it. We've had nothing but an incredible team for 20-plus years. We can at least stand by bad season. Se- second time, third year, fourth year. I know they even went like, they won 12 games of those years. <laughs> they won nine games last year. They're so boring. We need a game within the game. We need to switch the quarterback up. That'll be fun to watch Kenny. Um, and by the way, somebody throw the ball to George Pickens. Two catches in two games. He's 6'9 and runs a eight, and has the best hands in the NFL. Just throw him the ball. This is, This is negligence, jail, prison. I need Nagy, sure, whatever. It might as well be Nagy. Matt Canada Nagy, Mitch Trubisky in a jail cell for the negligence of not just, it's not rocket science. You can literally just throw it to him. Throw it over there. What if I, no, shut up. Just let the ball sail through the air in his general direction. And he's going to be better than the guy that's also in his general direction. Because, by the way, it's always only one guy. It's not like he's getting doubled and triple teamed. How can they not figure this out? Two catches. That might be the most damning stat of all. So, oh, my gosh. Miserable. They need to figure this out. Quarterback first. There's no reason to waste more time. I know they won't do it versus Cleveland on a short week on a Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, change that. Put the rest of them in jail. Seals have a lot of good players, but still, definitely, plenty of opportunity to write this ship for this era. So, all hope is not lost. But oh my gosh, somebody, please tweet me if you can find a game within the game for me. Whether it's drinking related, uh, push-up related, maybe uh, you know comedy related. I don't know. We got to find some other way to look at this stuff while we just batten down the hatches and, and wait for the Steelers to kind of figure this thing out because it's not like they're totally in the doldrums with no talent or no leadership. They got that. So let's see what happens and let let Kitty uh, Pick get in there let the main flow, let the bullets fly. All right. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost, Email us at Steelers Outpost at gmail.com. Thank you. Let's beat the crap on the Browns, please. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, Bye-bye.